BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. everybody welcome back to the schmo zone been waiting so long to say this i'm dave schmolenson aka the schmo and we are actually in what i like to call the schmo zone my co-host is helen e sports first time rolling into set and it looks great well you you did the final touches so I have to let everybody know. It's only taken us a few months to build this. This we're building a production studio. This is the Schmo Zone in the production studio, and um, I'm 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 stoked that we have this. It's taken a few months. I appreciate everybody's patience, but we are rolling. We are back in action, and a lot of good stuff to come. And it starts today. And before I get to today's guests, I just want to let all of you know that today's episode is brought to you by Fusion CBD Products. Amazing CBD products. We're going to be sipping on our Fusion CBD water. Use the promo code SHMO, get 20% off. They have their tinctures. They have their rubs. I love the hot, the, the cold rather, the cold that I put right onto my joints after a nice workout like we did today. Uh, check them out. Use the promo code SHMO. And let's get right into today's guest. You know, this is episode 62. He will nice. be the man at UFC <laughs> 262. He's the number one UFC flyweight, the assassin baby, Brandon Moreno. Hey, guys, you look so excited. And now I feel so excited, too, for this new place, guys. Congrats. Congrats for this new place. Appreciate Thank that. You. It, it was his vision. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I, well, it, it's teamwork makes the dream work. I just work. painted okay. the walls. Nice. Um, it's a good work. Yeah. Appreciate that. We will be having the number eight UFC heavyweight, our buddy, Walt Harris, the big ticket, joining us shortly. He's just finished up some practice at Extreme Couture. Yep. But he'll be making his way in. But I'm glad we could just start with you, the assassin baby. Guys, thank you. Nice to, to be here I, again uh, with you. And let's talk about everything, you know, about life. Let's talk about life. I mean, <laughs> we'll get right into your fight and everything, too. But let's just start with uh, maybe some boxing. Canelo Alvarez, Billy Joe Saunders. I know you're watching that fight. Man, what'd you make of that? Canelo. Man, Canelo is a monster right now. He's another uh, uh, different human being in boxing, you know. He's... It's weird because in Mexico, sometimes the crowd is very uh, bad with with him. But for ex but for example, I can see the people here in the United States or in other other countries they love Canelo, and I love too because he's a really hard worker, and that is an inspiration for me, you know. Uh, and it's amazing because he make looks everything very easy, like like nothing you know like billy john saunders like on undefeated guy 30 30 and all and looks that kind of fight working in the body then with the uppercut broke his uh well, i don't know what it's say the orbital orbital bone. man what a monster is that guy would you say he's by far the most popular athlete in Mexico, like the Michael Jordan of Mexican of uh, Mexico's athletes? No, give me give no. me that list because it's about the styles, you know. the The Mexicans had the styles like uh, Julio Cesar Chavez, like Juan Manuel Marquez, these, all, all that uh, those guys who uh, went to the to to the war, you know, to a, a really uh, hard uh, war with the with. He, uh, the opponents, their opponents, but Canelo is an other kind of a uh, boxer, you know. He's a very technical guy with a better head movement, uh, with amazing footwork, you know. So the people maybe don't connect too much with him because that, you know, because they want to watch a, a, a war like uh, the old Mexicans, you know. Again, like Chavez, like Marquez, like Terrible Morales. But Canelo is different and 
right now it's like a 50-50. Like a lot of people love Canelo and a lot of people hate Canelo. <laughs> interesting. That is interesting. Well, what do you think should be next? Because everybody's kind of talking about Caleb Plant. Uh, like a fan, I want I want to see that fight. It has to be. It's the only belt he doesn't have, the IBF belt. You know, he already took uh, Billy Joe Saunders. I think he had the WBO. The IBF's the only one left for Canelo. I mean, I I, I don't know too much about uh, boxing. Too many I, belts. I, too many belts. I know. Belts. It's too it's much. To but it's, he needs just one uh, one more belt. The, the, the guy, this guy, uh, Caleb Plant. And I'm, like a fan, I want to watch that fight. We play the game coulda, woulda, shoulda, but can you imagine if he did beat Floyd Mayweather back, I think he was 23 years old when he fought him and Floyd was in his mid-30s, you know. 37, I think so. 37, 36, whatever it was, and he was <laughs> 23. If he would have beat Floyd Mayweather. At that you, time? At that time. Okay. How do you think his stardom would be now? Uh, no, like a Michael Jordan of the boxing <laughs> in Mexico. That's Definitely. what it would have taken. Definitely, <laughs> yeah. So instead we could call him like the LeBron James, right? Huh, maybe right now. LeBron or Kobe James. Bryant. Kobe. I, why am I keep making these basketball <laughs> references? <laughs> Man, you know about, about other sports. I, I know just about MMA and that's it. <laughs> Before we started the podcast, we were talking about Alexa Grasso, who yes. I think is still a little bit underrated. But at 125, she's looking like, a true contender. She's a beast, and man, is her striking crisp. So again, she's a huge girl. I think 115 for her was uh, very hard, but now in, in 125 looks better. You know, like look looks uh, fresh with more energy in in her system, and look explosive with better combinations, with better footwork. And I, obviously, I want I want to see his her ne next fight because he looks impressive in 125. Yeah, she, she definitely does. Who who do you think makes sense? Oof, I don't know. I obviously obviously I want to I want to see the, the rankings right now. But his last his her last fight against Macy Barber like looks sharp, like yeah. technical, like. I was really surprised that for Macy Barber, who came off that reconstructive knee surgery, they put her right to Alexa Grasso. I thought that was a hard fight, and I know where she stands in rankings. Yeah. It made sense, but. Man, that was that was feeding her to the sharks pretty early on. Yes, but you know, you never know about the matchmakers. You never know about the plans of the of the training camps, the part, the the you know the fighter. What they, they think? Sometimes you think like, ah, it's a, it looks like a hard fight, but I think I I can beat this girl. You know, I can beat this guy. Uh, but you know, yes, definitely, Alexa Grasso is no joke. Yes. <laughs> well, speaking of fights and great fights i mean you're coming <laughs> off that amazing fight of the night yeah. and one of the best fights of 2020 and your rematch right <laughs> around the corner ufc 263 how's training and everything going so right now it's like five weeks i think so i don't know right now i feel tired because i think right now is the is the peak of my training camp I feel like very sore uh, my body very very heavy but i feel impressed i feel amazing you know i feel amazing the sparring sessions i look sharp i i feel really good my conditioning for example a lot of people talk about the fifth round like looks like both guys very tired him and i and at, at least for me i was very like sore of my my left uh, arm so i tried to pick at my the best uh, move in that moment you know but i'm still working my conditioning my cardio is in po on some point my con my striking is on point i my brazilian jiu-jitsu my wrestling you know obviously every everything you talk about too much stuff but it's at least i feel like like a like a real fight right now like a, i can be champion in the next fight last fight was hard for both because just three weeks for preparation to try to make a game game plan to try to make something special for that fight but right now, for me, it's, it's an amazing because I have an, a, a, a real training camp, a, a, a real game plan for him. He's strong, but I'm a, a kid from Mexico and I have heart, definitely. <laughs> I apologize at the beginning. I was saying you, UFC 262 and you. We head there tomorrow for Houston. That's <laughs> UFC 262. You're UFC 263. And we had you on the podcast right before you fought him towards the end of last year. But I was curious to get your thoughts because after the fight came out, I heard ex kind of excuses on his end, on his side. You know, he wasn't at his best. He wasn't feeling good the night before and everything like that. When you heard that, how did you feel about all of that? 
Uh, I'm <sighs> what's weird, awkward maybe. I'm trying to stay focused in what what happened in that fight. You know, after a fight like that, you try to make a lot of excuses. To be honest, I I was in the hospital before in other fights. I won. I uh, I won. I lost fights, but it is what it is. He took the, the decision to go to the fight. You know, and it's hard for him because. Before that fight, everybody talks about Figueroa like the god, like uh, this guy, bully guy, strong guy, powerful with a lot of power in, in in both hands. But then come this skinny Mexican kid from you know from Mexico. Anybody, uh, uh, everybody say, hey, this guy is the underdog. He's this guy uh, will lose in the first round. Blah blah blah. But I show I show. The, the world I'm real you know I'm real in, in the flyweight division and was a lot of things to, to uh, swallow for him well after hearing what people were saying about him and then being in there with him afterwards was there anything that surprised you at all no, no I mean he's durable he supports damage too uh, he's he's real. He's a real athlete. That's why he's the champion. You know, he has power in, in 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 especially in his right hand. But I was surprised, not for him, but I mean, I know yes for him because he's he's a human like us like us guys. You know, like he's not he's not a god. He's not special. Is I can't beat him. You know, he's beatable. I feel like you definitely have a lot more confidence in yourself, especially after going through the battle that you had with him now and getting a second crack. This is the best, would you say, you felt confidence-wise as a MMA fighter? Man, for example, the last fight, uh, the the game plan, we make an, a, a game plan in, you know, three weeks, but the, way, the game plan was like, uh, be very careful, try to they get the counter in the fight, between the fight, and, uh, you know, take care of, of his right hand. But... Now I feel his power. I I know what he he put in the table, and it, I know I can make damage. You know I know I can be aggressive with him. He has uh, he has the the habit to be aggressive. You know to be a bully, put pressure on his opponents. But now I know I can be that guy. I can be the bully. I can be the the, the aggressive guy, and you know put pressure on him. And off camera, we were just talking about congratulations on buying a home here. Oh, thank you. So how have you been kind of splitting time for your training? Like, how has that been working? Yeah, guys, thank you so much. That, that changed my life my life too much. Obviously, not just for me, for my, for my wife, my three daughters. And so before my official training camp, uh, I was like one week in Tijuana, one week in in in, in Vegas. Uh, it's Tijuana is very close from here. It's like five, four or five hours driving, so it's nothing really bad. And I love to drive. I love that moment when you're in, in the road with the music, you know. Yeah, it's therapeutic, <laughs> right, David? Yeah, we but, just drove to. Uh, but man, but <laughs> sitting down for such a long time in a car, I mean, don't you feel that in your hips? You know, your psoas, like, don't you feel all those muscles tighten uh, up? I don't know. Right now, I'm very young. Maybe if you do <laughs> ask me that uh, in ten more years, maybe I can change my my answer. Listen, I'm pretty young too, <laughs> but what I feel like. <laughs> When I hit 30, I, I'm feeling muscle aches I never felt before. And I cannot sit down in a plane or in a car without for more than an hour without really feeling it. Uh, you never know, you know. Different kind of bodies. You know, right now I'm I'm young. I'm an, uh, an athlete, so maybe that's why. Yeah, I was going to say, what, what's your secret? Because you need to teach them how to take better care of, like, your back. and. I stretch. We stretch, but it's it doesn't matter. It's... Yeah, I don't know, man. So yes, uh, before was was that you know one week here, one week in Tijuana. But right now, uh, the last month, for example, I was in Tijuana to start my my official training camp. I was one month there, and now I'm here in Vegas to finish my training camp and then go to to Glendale. And, and how much do you utilize the UFC Performance Institute? I mean, are you there? every day are you there multiple times a week what's it like scheduling there i mean i try to to take advantage of the pt you know too much 
sometimes it's not a, a serious injury, but you know, it's uncomfortable. You need to train with pain and it's not the best way to, to be a better fighter. So I try to take advantage of that. Uh, I'm trying to take advantage of the strength, strength and conditioning there. And I'm in the, in the PI like once a, a, a day, you know, for PT, for strength and conditioning, depends the day. I mean, you got to get the extra benefit too, because you also do the broadcast on the Spanish channel too. So as a broadcaster yep. and an athlete, they got to give you some special treatment. Man, everybody loves me there. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I'm trying to be a nice guy with everybody, you know, uh, with the guys from PT, from the guys from the do in the front desks. So I have a really good and special relation with everybody there in the in the in the PI and in the Apex is the same, you know. I love to be there. So on <laughs> your fight card, if you're familiar with it for UFC 263, who are you most excited to see or that's a part of the fight experience with you? Is there a fighter or a fight that you're looking at? Israel and uh, against Marvin Vettori definitely for me, you know. I have too much respect for for both. You know, uh, Israel Sanja is, is an special human being, and Marvin Vettori, I think, is an uh, this guy always an underdog, but he always win. So I'm I'm I want to see uh, the the rematch. You know, the last fight was very close. You know, would you say that Marvin has challenged him more than anybody else in the middleweight division, or, or maybe it's Calvin, or is it? I yeah, mean, that was. A good I mean, fight too. to me, it's between those two who's challenged Israel the most so far in his UFC career. I think yes. I think, man, maybe Kel it's between the, uh, these both guys. You know, it's Marvin Vettori or Kelvin Gastelum, definitely. But I think it's uh, male uh, Kelvin. Kelvin. See, yes. if Kelvin would have beat Robert Whitaker, so they both trained at the same gym at King's MMA, yeah. I would have wondered what the hell they were going to do. What Coach Rafael Cordero was going to do? Who was going to get the title shot first? Would it have been Kelvin? Would it have been Marvin? How do you handle that situation? And and more in that kind of genes because they everybody there is very. Close, close, you know. Yeah. For example, it's different in American top team. You know, they have his own plan and training separate. But in Kings, it's like a, a like a family. I don't know. I mean, thanks God, I'm not a, a a coach there. It's funny you said top team too. We were there recently. I don't know with Kayla Harrison and her come up with the PFL and Amanda, Amanda Nunes and like both of them establishing themselves as the greatest female athlete on the planet Earth. Like they're inevitably going to clash someday it has to happen <laughs> yes that's gonna be awkward. man it's crazy it's very awkward and i wanna i want to go and train in american top team one day you know because i know there's a lot of really good guys there but at the same time it's not a place i want to be there you know it's, i mean maybe you, you need to train with your opponent and you know so I, I don't know. It's not my kind of place, but I have too much respect for for that kind of place because make uh, really strong guys. You know, like a mi his mindset. They need to be really hard because it's a hard situation. For sure. For Absolutely. Sure. <laughs> but kind of circling back to Israel and Marvin, that rematch. Who do you think wins that? Uh, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's hard. Obviously, uh, I'm trying to uh, to make an a uh, um, neutral decision about that. Uh, Israel looks better and better every single fight, and Marvin Vettori looks like a strong and real uh, middle middleweight fighter. And I think uh, Israel Adesanya uh, win again, but you know Marvin Vettori can shock the world. You never know. So what about the excitement, the return of Nate Diaz, Leon Edwards? Pivotal fight in the welterweight division. Man, that, yeah. that fight I think uh, put more uh, eyes in, or you know, an, or uh, event, and that helped so much to me, to to all the guys in the in the main event, in in the in all the card in general. Uh, Nate Diaz, man, it's like roller coaster for the of the career of uh, Nate Diaz. You know, he fought his last fight was in 2019, I think so, against Jorge Masvidal, and then he stopped to fight the. Um, um, and Leon Edwards come from the the fight against Bilal Mohammed. I think he's the real uh, uh, challenger for the title right now. But you know, it's, it's again the this thing with the matchmakers with the UFC. It's, it's, it's hard for him. It's hard for, uh, for for his situation because he deserves to be the next title ch challenger. Well, a lot of fans are also waiting for Nick Diaz's return. Okay. Right? And didn't you um. 
Tell or ask Dana. I, so I so when when Nick Diaz was at Jacksonville at USC two sixty one, Dana came out for the post fight press conference. I don't know. I was just off a whim. I was in my gla- yellow glasses, the <laughs> Schmo character. And I'm like, hey, what about Hamzat Shemayev? And Dana's, I'm like, is that crazy <laughs> yeah. about that? Dana's like, you know, what? I'm going to talk to him back there. You know, why not? That's not that. That's plausible. So then I think those two got linked. And then Nate Diaz's management, uh, his manager, they turned that fight down. Um, I end up thinking, I think Hamza is going to end up fighting Neil Magny. I just see that oh, now yeah. happening. Yeah. Neil, yeah, Neil, Neil Neil's going to do fought. that. Yeah. yeah and, uh, Neil won last, uh, last yeah, weekend. Did so. you broadcast for that? For that? No, no, no. I, okay. I was in, in the house of, of Jason House, my manager. Watching That's the, right. Canelo. Watching, yeah. the, watching the, the fights and then uh, the Canelo fight. Um, but no, I, I, I need, I, my turn is next event in this Saturday, uh, 262. And then in, in May 22. So do you do that broadcast from the Apex or do you go to Houston? No, no, no. We're not. Uh, I need to be John Anik. I need to be Joe Rogan to be there. So uh, one day. One day. One day. <laughs> no, from the Apex, definitely. From the Apex, yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, every time you're broadcasting, at least what I noticed when we're also in the Apex, I can hear you. You're very animated. Of course. In a great way. In Spanish. Like you're a great broadcaster. <laughs> Thank you. You know, it's different. You know, I, in, in English, I'm trying to uh, to make my words, uh, make sense in my words. You know, it's, it's hard for me because not, it's not my my origin, original language. But uh, in Spanish, I feel like very comfortable. And I have four, four year, almost four years in the broadcast in Spanish. So uh, I feel very, very comfortable, comfortable now. Is it easier for you to watch uh, from your seat and watch the octagon, or watch the monitors they put in front of you, nah, or do you do it's, both? It's hard because you, uh, the the octagon is in your back, you know. You don't turn around. No. Okay. Sometimes when when the fight is very special, I like I don't care I don't, I don't care the monitor. I I'm watching the the just the octagon, but always um the most part of the time I'm watching the monitor. Well, you always hear some fighters who are also broadcasters say that it helps them or makes them notice little things when they, you know, broadcast um, other fighters. But for you, like, do you notice that helps you at all in your fight game? So I, I'm trying to watch a lot of fights. It's, it's crazy because I, I really have a really good memory. But if it's something is very hard, uh, yeah, definitely I take note of that. But the production helped me too much with the all, you know, all the information and everything, and helps too much. I'm a real fighter, uh, a real, a real fan of this sport, and you know, I'm watching fights all, uh, every single uh, weekend, so I, I know the most part of the fighters. What's been your favorite fight or knockout this year so far? Ah, uh, Rose, definitely. Yeah. For me, it's Rose. I don't know why, but I feel like my own victory. Like, uh, she she makes like every single people, every single uh, people in in the crowd makes like some like how is it? Guns pump? No? Oh, goosebumps. Goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah, that was a special moment. We yeah. you know we were there cage side when Rose shook shook everybody. But I feel like Corey <laughs> Sanhagen's flying me over Frank Yeager. That's just gonna be. Uh, as time progresses, people are going to forget about it. It cannot be overlooked. To me, that is the best knockout so far. No, yeah, because it was very technical. It was like elegant movement. So, but you know, like I don't know. Maybe it was the moment with all uh, I, the the crowd again. Rose very emotional. You know, made me feel like emotional too. It was crazy to be there, and that's why we're excited. So we fly tomorrow to Houston for 262, okay. and just the crowd in Jacksonville. It was electric. Didn't miss a beat. Loved every moment of it. You could get the highs and lows from the Chris Wyman breaking his leg, the irony, ah. just doing it like Anderson Silva, and then to Rose's victory, to, to Usman knocking out Masvidal, Masvidal getting knocked out for the first time. I mean, in his career, that was crazy. Man, it was crazy. And actually, I remember uh, that moment with Chris Wyman. I felt actually like sad, you know, like, oh, I feel like bad. Like, man, we need to win more money in this sport because this is so dangerous. You always forget that. You never think uh, that uh, can happen in a fight. But, man, that happened. He's not in the clear yet, too, because he's got metal rods putting his bones together. And they're going to see how this heals over time. Like, there's a chance he never walks normally or he never gets the fight. They just don't know with the nerve and everything like that. You just got to pray for him and... Man, the medical bills gotta be so extreme for this. Man, uh, I think obviously, uh, I think UFC will help 
help on that because yes and, and more here in the united states everything is so expensive here so yes man from the onset of it i think dana had a private plane for him and his family to bring him back yeah, home yes or south that. carolina so, <laughs> so at least they got in front of it from the yes. get-go and keep that care going but chris wyman such an ambassador for the sport i think a hall of famer for sure ah yes the, so yes. it's like you got to take care of him you got it you know, he went to the to the bell to the bell. You know, undefeated, uh, beat Anderson Silva the first time. Yeah, definitely, he's a Hall of Famer in the future. Yeah. But are you excited for the return of fans? Speaking of Jacksonville and two sixty one. Yes, I think everything changed with the, with the people. You know, make makes a UFC two sixty one like a special moment since the first fight. Uh, with with the with the women's until the fight uh, between Camaro and Masvidal, I don't know. It was an special moment with all these people uh, screaming all all the time. I'm excited for that. I am too. I am too. Uh, t with 262, Tony Ferguson, Benil Dariush, Michael Chandler, <sighs> Charles Oliveira. That's How do you see these fight. two fights playing out? Let's start with Tony Ferguson and Benil Dariush. <sighs> Tony Ferguson, I think, is his is his last chance to uh, to go again for something good in the division. But it's a it's a hard fight because his uh, Benil Darish is always an underdog, but he's amazing. His last uh, uh, loss was against Alexander Hernandez in 2018, I think so, something like that. But uh, from that loss. To this time, he's undefeated. He he won all his fights, and now has the opportunity to fight against Tony Ferguson uh, and get that name and his record. So it's an important fight for the for the lightweight division. What about the other important fight for the lightweight division? Michael Chandler, Charles Oliveira. <sighs> Michael Chandler. I think it's hard for all this, all the, those guys in in the lightweight division because remember Tony Ferguson was like uh, eleven and no and or twelve no, and he never get the opportunity for the real uh, title. Um, I don't know Max Holloway in the in the featherweight division like ten and no something like that until the fight for the title. Uh, Habib. You know, nine and oh, ten and oh, something like that, and then go for the title. But Michael Chandler, just one fight, an amazing fight, an amazing uh, performance, and get the uh, the title. It's, it's hard. Obviously, uh, Dustin Poirier uh, took the, the fight against Conor McGregor, and that's why I think uh, the opportunity was for Michael Chandler. For But, I mean, Justin Gaethje was there. But he's also coming off the loss. So you're going to have someone eh, coming off the loss fighting Habib. for the title. Uh, true, against Habib. But you're going to have someone coming off a loss fighting for the title. But I agree with what you just said, though. I mean, it was Dustin Poirier's, and he turned it down for the big payday for McGregor. <laughs> Talk about a guy who's Mooning. betting on himself to win that fight for the trilogy and then automatically fighting the, for the title. Man, it's a real it's a, it's a real deal, you know? Money, belt, everything. So, no, I mean, Michael Chandler is an amazing fighter since the, his, uh, his fights in Bellator to this fight against Dan Hooker. And then, uh, you know, Charles Oliveira is another fighter. He's an another different athlete with a better stand-up, with better, you know, better striking. Uh, on the feeder since 2018. And I love this Charles Oliveira because I think... Uh, he, his Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is amazing, but now he's a better athlete, a mixed martial artist, because his stand-up is, is, is better now. I was so impressed what he did to Tony Ferguson. I know. Striking, uh, control on the ground, amazing. But whose back is up against the wall more? Conor McGregor's or Tony Ferguson's with a loss? Oh, good question. I mean, I think everybody's uh, think the same with Conor McGregor. Uh, he has too much money. He he wanna. He doesn't want to uh, wake up early in the morning because everything is a kind of easy for him in the sport. You know, I think in the sport. But you you never know. I mean, the the talent is there. You know, Conor McGregor is a real fighter. Just right now, his training, his uh, discipline is not the necessary for all these guys, re really hungry guys in the in the lightweight division. You know. 
I think that's what it comes down to, too. That's what people are questioning. Because in his Q&A, he said he's going to leave his family behind. He's going to be, I don't want to misquote it, the lone wolf. Or uh, he'll go out there and, you know, get that mindset yeah. back. But, what, he just sold his share with Proper 12, $600 million. The guy's The guy's got all the money he ever needs. He's got his family. set up generations worth of wealth. The question comes down to what is the real motivation? What does is he have left to fight for? He's already been the champ champ. He's got the legacy. Surefire Hall of Famer. Like, do you feel like as a fighter, because you know, like, there's a purpose you have to fight for. Can you get that back if you lose it? I don't know. Like, for example, all uh, all the champ champ guys, they try to put uh, a no, uh, new uh, goals in in, in, in her, uh, their careers. You know, like I, I'm a champion, so I I need to defend my title or. I want to get uh, the next title or I don't know, you know, but the thing is they try to stay disciplined and stay focused in the sport. But, you know, I mean, with McGregor, like you said, uh, too much money, uh, uh, different kind of uh, sponsors and brands like, the, you know, the whiskey. Uh, man, he, he was a champ champ too. The first one, I think so, you know? Yes, I think so. So, man, it's hard for uh, for him to get some inspiration in the morning, you know, and go to the gym and work very hard. For me, I mean, I don't have. I know it's it's it's, it's weird. Obviously, I have too much stuff, but I really think when I go to the gym, I don't I like I don't have nothing. I know one more guy in this gym. I don't have nothing, and I need to work very hard because all other guys in my div in the division are trying to to kill me, you know. So. That's why I go to the into the gym and work very hard every single morning. But if you are in Connor's shoes, like what can you do to kind of block everything out and try to get that hunger back? I don't know. To, I, I I want to be honest with you. I don't yeah. know. You know because, uh, for example, again Canelo Alvarez is other other sport, but it's a sport. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's it's boxing. It's a hard sport. He he has everything. You know, he has everything, but he's still focused. He's still very focused uh, in the gym, always in the gym, uh, working with Andy Reese, with Ryan Garcia, w working in, uh, in himself. And I love his discipline, even in this level, you know, even when he has too much money in the bank, in his account. So I don't know, Conor McGregor, uh, he was very poor before, now he's rich, but it's the same like Canelo, he was very, very poor in Guadalajara before. I don't know. I. I Obviously, I'm working so hard to be in that in, in that kind of level, and we can come again in this podcast and talk when I have that that kind of money and talk about the inspiration and <laughs> hey man, and discipline. hey things change when you wear a gold strap. <laughs> yeah, they change. Yes, yes, yes. You, you get a lot of people <laughs> calling your name. You got people knocking on your door for things. Yes, kissing babies, friends you haven't heard yeah, of yeah, from yeah. twenty Man. years ago. <laughs> What's up? Nice to see you again. I understand. I understand that comes with the territory for sure. Yeah. I just noticed, by the way, you got the Reebok shirt on. You don't have the Venom kit. You're gonna yeah. get it Not a couple yet. weeks from now. Not yet. You Excited know? for that. Actually, I have too much uh, uh, stuff from Reebok, you know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I need to fight. What do you think of the Venom kits? I love it. It's nice. Yeah. You know, it's a nice style. I, I was talking with a different fighters in the actually in the PI in Extreme and talking about the brand, and a lot of guys uh, love the brand, and other guys not. But for me, it's, it's nice. Like it's like a Power Rangers. I feel like I'm a of course it, it fits nice and well. <laughs> and uh, we got the big ticket rolling through the door. Yeah, he's come right, come right, right on, on in. Come right on right in, on my time. man. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, man. We got headphones right over there, uh, right over there for you. I think. Did you walk past? No, I drove past, turned around, had to go all the way back to U-turn. Oh, that was your car that was speeding. I'm just kidding. You, yeah, you can, you can move these around too. Well, welcome, man. Welcome to the new Schmozone studio we've been building. We've been under the radar. You can move these things around too, as long as, long as you you want. Yeah, I'm good right here. We, we started the podcast. Uh, I know you guys were watching the Canelo fight together too. And uh, I was saying to him, like in Mexico, is he – the Michael Jordan, is he the LeBron, the Kobe? Like, where does he stack up in the all-time athletes? That's how I started this thing out. But uh, what would you make of Canelo's performance? Uh, I mean, it was 
I, I expected it. I thought Billy Joe performed really well. Um, he just made one mistake. And Canelo's the type of guy he reads and reads and reads, and then he capitalizes, bro. He's got another gear. And when he goes, he goes, and it's dangerous. And some people were kind of questioning the stoppage, right? Yeah, I mean, I honestly agreed with it just because uh, finding out after he does have a, a couple fractures. Yeah. Um, and, and as a fighter, your eyes are the most important thing, especially the way Billy fights. So if he comes out there with one left eye or his left eye gone, that right hand is, is going to be monstrous. And it, it could probably hurt him a lot worse. So I, I thought it was a good stoppage. His coach did the right thing. I think so, too. Yeah. And do you think Caleb Plant, obviously, next for him? For me, I want to see it because I'm a Southern boy and Caleb's from Tennessee, so I'm excited. <laughs> you know, I've, I followed Caleb's career and, and watched him. Um, does he have enough to beat Canelo? I don't think so, man. I, I think Canelo, he is, for me, probably the Michael Jordan of box. He's the pound-for-pound pound best right now. And then we're saying, too, could you imagine if he would have beaten Floyd? Like, he was 23 <laughs> years old. Floyd was 36, 37 yes. years old. Yeah. What, how would we be talking about Canelo Alvarez and the boxing all-time greats if he would have beat Floyd? He'd that definitely time? probably be the greatest of all time. Yeah, for sure. It's crazy. Yep. Well, well, you're a heavyweight. Let's let's go. We we start circling <laughs> and talking about all these fights. I think Dana White uh, broke some news today. He talked to what uh, Brad? He talked to um, Aaron. Yeah. Um, it seems like Derek Lewis, Francis Agano two is going to be the next fight. John Jones it hasn't worked out yet. Man, uh, what do you make of this whole situation, the financial side of things like that, and, and how how do you feel as a heavyweight in this division? I mean, for me, it was kind of – not to say John doesn't deserve it. You know, it's a, it's a mega fight, you know what I mean? But, you know, you got guys in line that have been clamoring for an opportunity, you know, and then he comes in and gets it. If he, you know, would have gotten the fight, trust me, <laughs> they can have all my money, you know what I mean? I want to see it. Uh, but I think Derek deserves it. I think it's going to be a barn burner uh, for sure this time because they know each other. They fought, you know. So it's not going to be that fear thing and that, you know, where they're worried about the power. I think Derek's going to go in there and lay it on the line. If he gets knocked out, he gets knocked out. But you only get one shot, you know what I mean? So go in there and make it happen. So we're not going to see anything like the first fight. I pray to God we don't. Um, I, I think that was respect, you know. You know? Man, yes, I understand. I mean, I think – they have the opportunity to to make an, a different fight. I, I, they know oh. that the, that fight was very boring. You Super know? boring. But right now, I think Francis Ngannou is, is a better fighter with better cardio, with better uh, uh, footwork. He's um, a little bit more explosive, not just the the hard punch. And Derek Lewis, you know, is, is a machine too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you've been at Extreme Couture working mm -hmm. with Coach Eric Nixick. Did you run into Francis? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I saw him before he left for Africa. I'm actually house-sitting for him. Oh, uh, you're okay. staying at Francis' house. <laughs> yeah, I'm house-sitting for him. It? There it is. <laughs> Yeah, they're actually coming to renovate tomorrow morning. He's gutting the like the whole thing. It's crazy. Um, he's got a nice crib. Uh, so yeah, that was a blessing for me coming out here. You know, on a whim. Uh, not really. I stayed in the hotel for the first couple of days, and then uh, Francis was like, "Look, you can stay here. This is your house. Whatever you need. You know, you want to wear my gear and all that." I'm like, "Damn, dog. You know, like I appreciate it. You know, I got my stuff, but you know, I just need a place to sleep." Uh, he's a good man, dude. Uh, so you know, he's somebody I've always rooted for. I'm always admired how hard he worked in his story so um you know i'm i'm, I'm really close to that situation because i'm very close with eric nixie i actually uh did the breakdown for their fight uh was the fight with stipe and i called it to a t just from being in the gym and knowing how eric is with with francis and how hard francis works i knew that it would be a different fight and he'd get the win this time uh, so it's, it's kind of cool so is is Extreme Couture the new home? Are you just out here for a little bit? How did this all come about? We're well, I'm bouncing it around. Um, you know, being in Birmingham, you know, it, it's it's good uh, in between fights, but getting ready for big fights, you need those big bodies, you need that experience, and you need to get tested in the gym. Uh, I'm one of those guys. I want to lose in the gym. I'd rather lose in the gym than lose in the fight. You know what I mean? So I'd rather have tough goals every day, uh, press push myself, and that kind of is how it came about. I called Eric. Um, like two weeks before I came out, and I was like, hey, bro, I know you just want a belt uh, and you're a busy man, but if you can make some room for me, I'd love to come out. And he's like, anything for you. So just I packed, packed my bags and I flew out. Yeah, I've seen your posts and you seem to really enjoy it there. So what has that experience experience been like so far? It's been uh, 
life-changing honestly it's uh it's gotten me back to the old me you know um they had labeled me the contract killer for a while and that guy went away the last two fights you know with all the stuff i was dealing with but now i found that again i found myself again i found my passion for the sport again um you know i'm training and then being away from home it gives you an extra added edge you know what i mean you don't get to do the routine and you know see the kids and all those things that make you hungry. Um, so I think being at that gym has just been phenomenal for me. Uh, just every day I can feel myself getting better, so it's exciting. Yeah, we're excited too. You, you got Marcin Tabora. For sure. I mean, I think he looked pretty impressive against Greg Hardy mm -hmm. pretty recently too. It's what do you make of this matchup? Uh, it's going to be a tough fight, um, but I'm, I'm up for the challenge. You know, I, I feel like I can compete with anybody in the division, especially when I'm in my right mind and I'm on my, on my game. So um, I'm looking to finish him in the first round, get back in there ASAP, you know what I mean, try to stay as active as possible. Maybe even the um, Francis versus Derek too. Maybe that card. That you get a finish in June and then fire. I would yeah. love that. I would absolutely love that. I wanted to circle back to that though because let's say, just hypothetically speaking, Derek Lewis beats Francis Ngannou. What does that mean for John Jones? Does he lose like a lot of leverage in the financial side at the negotiation table if it's John Jones, Derek Lewis, rather than uh, John Jones and Francis Ngannou? I think he, lo he loses a little bit, but the danger's still there. You know what I mean? And it depends on how uh, Derek wins that fight. If he puts Francis away dramatically, that everybody would want to see him go against John because we've never seen John be tested with that kind of power. You know what I mean? So I think that'd be pr pretty good. It's very know? it's very similar, like the fight between Israel Sanja and Yama uh, Horgs, you know? Obviously, Israel Sanja in, in 185 looks like very sharp, fast, but uh, when you go to other... Uh, the division is another kind of power. Let's talk about that light heavyweight division. Like, Yuri Prozhaka looks super, super amazing. Yeah. Like, we've seen him at Fight Island. Now we see him here. Two fights in the UFC now, and now everyone's talking about the, uh, automatically he could be fighting for the title. But obviously, Glover Teixeira, yeah. he's got next in line. But I think a guy that's being a little overlooked, though, is right there in the rankings, and he dropped one, is Alexander Rakic. Mm -hmm. I think Rakic and Prozhaka, yes. that's the fight yes. to make. Yes. Winner that fight gets yes. the fight for the title. I agree. Man, I think... This guy, Yuri, ma make another kind of uh, air in the division, you know? Like, he's uh, unorthodox, uh, very explosive. Uh, he throw a lot of the different kind of special stuff, you know, elbows, knees, everything. You know, his hair is crazy. So, man, that fight against uh, Dominic Reyes was impressive. Because what's oh domination? Yeah. What's domination? Definitely. So we're talking about the highlights and the knockouts. That spinning back elbow. That that's right up there too. That's <laughs> yeah. top three, four finishes <laughs> of the. Unbelievable. There, yeah. Unbelievable. It's there. What's your best finish so far of twenty twenty one? Twenty twenty one. I haven't had one yet. I haven't even had a fight in twenty twenty one. But no, my, like the best. The best one one for the, oh, for that one for sure. Over, over. I, I'm saying Corey. Rose. He, he chose Rose. He chose Rose. I'm saying that over Corey Sanhagen? Sanhagen with the flying knee. Sanhagen is a one B for me. Like okay. Yuri Prochaska, that he threw two elbows, bro. Yeah, bam, bam. It, it was just like, and then for me, it was just his energy. Like the dude doesn't yeah. get tired, bro. Yes. Like it, he just is in your. He's a storm. You know what I mean? And that was perfect. He picked the right moment, the right time, and made the right technique. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that's one A, and then you know, oh, saying man, you you one B, dog. I still love you. Yeah. <laughs> that's, it's fair. It's fair. Now I just want to circle back to that heavyweight title um, fight. You said you called the Francis Stipe fight to a T. Second round KO. I called it. So what about <laughs> Francis versus Derek oh, too? Don't do me like that. Yeah, I gotta I do you like I'll, that I'll, on the show though. All right, this is what I think. I think Derek finished. I mean, I think uh, Francis finishes Derek. If he comes into the fight, the patient Francis is freaky scary. Like, the technical, just wait for the right moment, defend the takedown, and still be able to knock you out, Francis, is dangerous. I I've grappled with this man, and it's, it's like grappling this wall, right? Like, if he can, can continue to be uh, po poised and, and not use his energy and use it wisely, like he did in the fight with uh, Stipe, Come on, man. When he took Steve Bay's back, when he defended the takedown, took Steve Bay's back, I'm like, oh my Bro, God, that's I, it. I'm telling that you, that is exactly things. what I said he had to do. He had to sprawl, he had to maintain, and then get back to his feet and, and, be, and conserve his energy. And he did it perfectly, man. Man, that moment where he defended takedown, take the back of Steve Bay, I say like, man, Steve Bay has a real problem here, you know? Yeah. Damn it, what's crazy?
But Stipe wants his belt back. What does Stipe have to do? I mean, if any guy is deserving of a rematch in life uh, at that division, it's Stipe. What do you do next for Stipe as I drop the water? What, what, what's next for Stipe? Um, I think he – so I read on his Instagram somewhere that he's bulking up. I don't know how that's going to affect him. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I, I feel like <clears throat> it could potentially slow him down, but it could help him in the grappling. You know, his cardio, I think, will always be there. Uh you know, I definitely think he's a, he deserves a rematch. Uh, I feel like if anybody, like you said, deserved it, it's him. John shouldn't have been able to just come in and jump and get that big mega fight. He needs to at least defend the title against Stipe. And then if he beats Stipe again, then John comes in. You know, I think that's, that makes more sense. I asked this question to the assassin, babe. I got to ask it to you, too. <laughs> Whose back is up against the wall more next, Conor McGregor or Tony Ferguson? Ooh, uh, for me, I believe it's Conor. Uh, just because the way he lost to Dustin last fight, and and if he gets dominated again in that fashion, I mean, really, what else is he gonna be doing? You know what I mean? Like, Boxing Jake Paul. That makes more sense. You know what <laughs> I mean? I, I feel like Tony, he's just he's so different, and he can win so many different ways. I think he's more exciting, honestly, for me as a fan. I think I would rather see Tony keep matriculating and win his next fight, and then see what happens in that division for him. With with Connor. It's just it's like all right. You if you beat him, yeah, it'll be interesting. But if you lose, well, I mean, what are you gonna go back down and come back up? Nate Diaz trilogy fight. Well, I mean, and he was talking about wanting to go up to one seventy. No, no, mm -hmm. come on. Who's gonna well, be Usman? He said it. No, I was is he gonna beat Usman at one seventy? He's gonna beat Usman. No, I don't think so. I didn't say. I'm just no, so. yeah, no. <laughs> he said too much stuff. Yeah, he's knocking people out. Now and too. if is is he does lose to Vittori. Usman's gonna jump up to middleweight. Ali said, "Wait, said middle that to middleweight. He'd fight at middleweight." Ali well, he, said, oh yeah, he's going for the belt from Vittori, for the belt from right? if oh, yeah. if Vittori wins." Ali said he would fight at middleweight. He said that when yeah. I when the Schmo interviewed him, okay. if uh, if Izzy doesn't hold the belt, which is interesting. Which makes, I mean, for me, I guess that makes sense. You know, because he don't want to fight Izzy. That's not. I mean, they're boys, so like it doesn't make sense. Vittorio would be more interesting to get the belt from him, and I see it. It makes sense business-wise, so. And, and Ali's a super, super business dude, so. I mean, to, to be honest, in, in 170, right now, Kamaru's been don't have too much, really, Not opponents, too. no? Against, I mean, pretty much against Colby, but Leon Edwards, maybe. Yeah, Colby, but and then if Leon. Uh, that's the one I want to see. I, I, I think Leon deserves. Well, Leon fought him, what, 2015 or 16? I know it was a long time ago. Yes. But now we're at the point with Usman where he's fighting guys again a second time. I mean, he started that with Masvidal. Mm -hmm. So it's like a situation where you can make a case for a lot of these guys. But I get from the standpoint that he only beat Woodley, right, uh, Kobe, since that fight with mm -hmm. Usman. And uh, Leon Edwards has got a fight finally. I mean, yeah. it took a couple of years, and then obviously the eye poke with Bilal Muhammad. But then also you can make the argument where Jorge Masvidal, who did he fight after? Their first fight. Well, that's why he had the short notice coming up there type of situation. So he wanted, he felt like Usman. Let me get a full camp. Let yeah. me get a full camp and let me let me prove my point there. But Which there it he, is. I think he deserved that. Masvidal, it's must see TV, man. Like, <laughs> if, if I'm a matchmaker, I'm like, yeah, you can get it. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. It's a favor of the people, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. I, and then, uh, so we leave for Houston tomorrow morning, UFC 262. How pumped are you, man? I'm so pumped. <laughs> You're living the life. You and Helen, man. It's crazy. Can I, can I say something? <laughs> no, we struck out mightily hard a few days ago. Oh, no, we went on a whim. I'm going to give a behind the scenes okay. story. We drove. <laughs> Uh, eight and a half hours to Jackson Wing to we, New Mexico. We, both, wow. we split the drive. Up. We split the drive. She drove half. <laughs> yeah. I drove half. We were in hopes to get John Jones. He didn't show up like, to the gym. We were gonna hunt him. We down. were gonna hunt yeah. him down. We we failed. And I was coming off of a high because I just interviewed the Gypsy King Tyson Fury before he left for Dallas That's for the Billy too. Joe. Yeah. Canal. I know. We'll Shout get out to that. Tyson. Tied out Tyson. <laughs> so charismatic. Love that guy. Um, yeah. T Joshua, what the, what the what the heck's going on? Yeah. And then Deontay Wilder's back training again. Uh, but so we struck out with John Jones mightily. I wanted to talk to him and everything like that. We both did, and uh, so we failed. We didn't. We hey, went, but there. it was a fun yeah. road trip. I'm sure. Sometimes. We learned a lot more about we, each other. Do you know what I found out too? We just brought us in Yuri Prozaka. He trained at one point at Jackson Wink. 
you failed, guys. But now you go to Houston. Yeah. Go to Houston. We'll try yeah. to make things happen again. Okay. But <laughs> so I really wanted to talk to John because I wanted to find out what that bottom line number is because he denies the thirty million, which I believe. I don't think he threw out the number thirty million. But is it closer to ten million? Is it closer to twenty million? What is that number that he wants? I think it's closer to ten. Uh, if I was him, I'd say ten. I mean, Francis is a freak. And then you got to look at. It's his first fight at heavyweight. So he's doing an extra amount of work to bulk, and he's training his ass off. So it's like, I mean, I, he, I think he's worth it. I think he's done enough to, to command at least 10 or 15. You know I think I mean? they could sell out Raider Stadium. For sure. Like, that fight is going to sell probably more than any fight in the UFC history, in my personal opinion. Wow. You know, that's just what I think. I could be wrong. Canelo, Billy Joe, Sa- Billy Joe Saunders at uh, Jerry World, AT&T, 73,000. Yeah, 73, that was 73,000. I mean, but I mean, that is the problem with John Jones. I mean, Dana White say that he don't sell too much tickets. I mean, he sells tickets. Obviously, he's amazing, but not the necessary or not enough to be a, you know, a, a needle mover. You know? I think this one he'll move the needle <laughs> because I mean, you got to look at it from a standpoint. People want to either see you win or lose, and, and you got this John lovers, you got yes. John haters, and now the sport is at a point where you put that on a marquee. The casual of the most casual is going to pay for sure. it. That is you a know good what I mean? Point. And so I think that they can make up that 10 to 15 million. I mean, I, the, I the, like the, the people right now want to go outside of his house, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I yeah. want to see it. That is a I'm good not point. even going to lie. It's my credit card. Yeah. No, we, we want to as well. We want to as well. Well, do you think John would beat Francis? No. I don't. And, and that's just personally, I'm a John fanatic, but. I'm a realist, and he gets hit a lot when he lately, especially. And, and I don't think he he can take those punches. Like if Francis is, like I said, this new and improved guy that we saw against Stipe, one of those is just gonna be damaging. You know what I mean? And if he can't take Francis down, it's a long night. You know what I mean? Uh, I just feel like Francis could win that fight. It's an it's a different kind of uh, power, you know, yeah. and the last fights of uh, John Jones, he looks. I mean, uh, he won the fights, but looks a little different. Not really dominant like like before, you mm-hmm. know. And now Francis Ngannou is in another level. Yeah. Warrior, he's amazing. I think you know it's not a really good uh, uh, um, a stage for John Jones. Agreed. Yeah. Well, do you think that Derek or John, like which one of the two, possesses a bigger threat to Francis? Oh, Derek. Yeah. I mean, because he can end the fight with one punch, as yeah. we saw, you know, against Curtis Blades. I mean, he threw a half-ass uppercut, and the man just died. You know what I mean? Like he's got freaky power. So, you know, it, it's just it'll be one of those things of who lands first and who how they deal with it with him and Francis. You know. So I brought up Tyson Fury before. We've talked about this before during the Deontay Wilder fights, the first one, the second one. So, you know, he's victorious. Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, we are still waiting for that fight. If Tyson Fury beats Anthony Joshua, assuming that fight gets made, where does he rank in the all-time greats for boxing? I think he's up there. Um, I won't – for me, I can't say he's the – Ali's the greatest. Like, I I just – that man is just different, you know what I mean? But I think in this era, Tyson Fury will be the one we talk about. You know, he's went through the gauntlet of what was supposed to be the best heavyweight. So um, if he dominates Anthony Joshua like I think he will, uh, he'll be definitely this era's greatest heavyweight. No losses. Obviously, he's, he's got the, the tie with Deontay Wilder, but no losses. Mm-hmm. And beating Klitschko, the he lineal Klitschko, heavyweight champion. If he beats he beat, uh, Deontay, who was everybody was afraid of, if he beats Joshua, who everybody thinks is like, you know, in in Europe at least, is a is a god, you know, that's like, come on. And then to see where he came back from, you know what I mean? Just a couple of years ago, the man was like 400 pounds, you know what I mean? So I, I just got to put him up there. But you're a big guy. You're like, what, 6'4", 6'5"? Tyson Ferry, 6'7". Have we seen, wow. and I know Ali's big, but have we seen a heavyweight move like Tyson no. Fury? With that type of footwork, and he's so awkward. He's awkward. But it's like you put him in the ring with Ali. I know these are so hypotheticals. Mm-hmm. It's like you put him against the best of the best. Are you betting against Tyson Fury? Against Ali in his prime, for sure. 
Okay. I mean, hell, Tyson did the lean on the ropes and <laughs> Ali made it look – I mean, the punches that Ali dodged, he dodged about 30. Okay. Tyson probably got four or five and then made it look cool and stuck his tongue out. Ali created all that, you know what I mean? So, like, I feel like Ali in his prime for sure. Yeah, I feel like that's the Michael Jordan and LeBron James argument oh, right sure. there. For yeah. sure. Yeah. For sure. You're taking the student, the Apple, mentor, the Apple's person. Apples yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. I don't, I don't know too much about boxing, you know. I just know about the famous guys. Obviously, Jason Fury is, is an amazing fighter. After the fight against Donta Wilder makes another uh, different kind of level. I want to see the fight against uh, this Joshua. Yeah, I can't wait. It's an it's an a good fight because both guys are really good. Uh, got to give the big ticket though credit where credits due because last year's championship because we haven't talked in a little bit about this. You predicted the Lakers to win. I know it was even before the <laughs> pandemic, the bubble and everything. I picked the Clippers. <laughs> I was wrong. Lakers are what seven seed right now. They did just win. Anthony Davis went off. Yeah. Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns. The Lakers gonna win it again this year. I don't think so. I don't either. I, I'm worried about them. I mean. LeBron, I don't know if LeBron's playing it up for the media, you know, the ankle thing, but if he's not 100%, I don't think he can make it all. I mean, his, he's got to slow down at some point, right? You know what I mean? And, like, all the other teams are loading up to deal with them, and if AD's not 100%, I mean, what are they going to do? I think Dennis Schroeder's out for the season, so it's like, uh, I don't know. Who do you like? Um, That's a tough one. I mean, it's up in the air, man, to be honest. I think with the play-in system – that makes it a little bit more dangerous because, you know, if you have an off night, it's, it's adios. So, um, I don't know. Right now, I'll be 100% honest, I hadn't followed in like a month or two. I haven't watched much TV at all. I kind of switched my whole routine up to get my mind back right. But um, That's smart. I, I feel like LeBron and them will be in the picture. I think if the Clippers get hot, it'll definitely be them, and t them two in the Western Conference Finals. And then the East, God knows, you know, whoever gets hot. So, yeah. So last year, did you guys bet money? Like, do you we didn't, did we? What did no. we bet? I don't. I don't. I think remember. we just made a friendly wager. We just, we just okay. made like a friendly. <laughs> we got I was about to say. But, yeah. but to Walt's credit, like I've I barely watched basketball this year. To be honest, like <laughs> Dude, I, I doubled I, down. I, I can't. I'm like, uh, I get into it a little bit, and then I'm just like, it's so deep. It's soft. I was just gonna say it's so, so soft. Different. They don't soft, play defense. That's like, the thing. Uh, it's like. They, I can't, I can't fall in love with the sport that I loved as a kid because they're only playing one side of it. There you when go. these scores are 130 to 127, dude, like, averaging 60 <laughs> points a game over three, like it's like, come on, bro, yeah. like Steph Curry, I get it, but like, well, yeah, he's kind of unguardable. The man shooting from half court, <laughs> but still, the averages are crazy. That's you know? I just, I love, I love combat sports now way too much. Yeah, yeah. It's just, for it's, sure, it's, for I'll sure. I'll put all my energy here. For sure. And we, I mean, here and there, we could talk about it, like have these friendly bets about who's going to win. Yeah, the that's just we're just kind of throwing it off, <laughs> throwing it to the wall, see what sticks. Yeah, but I'm, a, I do like soccer. I will say that. Uh, or oh, let me okay. say football, because I get yelled at by my my, my English friends. They're like, it's football. Like, all right, football. But yeah, I watch I watch soccer. I, I kind of like I said I toned the TV down about a month or two ago, so I haven't been keeping up with it either. But Liverpool, once they started going, that's my club. That's who I support. And once Van Dyke got injured, I was just like, yeah, I'm done with soccer. I don't want to watch it no more. So. Soccer, I agree. You watch, <laughs> no. you watch it? No, before when I was a kid, I love I love the Mexican f football. Oh yeah, football. But now, now I don't see any Liga other sports. Liga MX. Yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, you know. Helen was a huge Freddie Adu fan back in the day. <laughs> Freddie, Freddie was good. Yeah. Freddie was good. See, I told you. <laughs> he was good. She doesn't know that area. Uh, you know, guys, I appreciate you hopping on the Schmo Zone. This is our nice. first one in the studio. Sorry I was late. It's okay. You had practice, <laughs> man. You had practice. We understand. We understand. Uh, I'll leave it to you. Final thoughts from the Assassin, baby. Man, Thank you so much. Thank you for to to give me the space. You know, it's a, it's amazing. And congrats again for the new for the new space. This is nice. We still got to build out everything. You see the studio, the production room, but there <laughs> There's should be a, couch. be a couch. Don't worry. <laughs> been delivered. Whole other thing is staged, but uh, you guys will come back and you won't recognize right. it. It's a promise for sure. But yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming. In. And you, big ticket. What do you What do you got to say? Congratulations to you both, uh, especially seeing where you came from. Like, dude, it's, 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 it's dope, man, to see you get it out of the mud and, and have all this, man. So I'm glad, you know, I can see it. Yeah. Be a part of it, man, it's dope. Um, And then uh, just one, you know, plug, just go check out our nonprofit at AnaisHeart22.com. Uh, we got it up and running about a year ago for my daughter. Um, 
it, it helps people deal with, you know, missing family members. Uh, we also do search and recovery. Um, I believe to date we found 10 people. Uh, two were deceased, unfortunately, but um, we're just trying to be a buffer for people going through what we went through as a family. And uh, y'all go check out the website. You know, if you want to donate, by all means do it. Every little bit counts. Uh, so that's it. Yeah. And June 5th, watch your boy back in action. 100%. You are one of the strongest and best yeah. humans we have ever been around. I appreciate that. And yes, um, we will put that link up there. We yeah. appreciate you so much. Thank you, brother. And, uh, you know, episode 62 of the Schmozone podcast. Already. We are back in action. I know, finally. We will continue rolling this out. We are off to Houston tomorrow morning. Yeah. And safe travels, guys. Safe Appreciate travel, guys. it. Definitely. We'll be back. Enjoy. The I can't moment. wait to see what you're rocking down there. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Oh, I actually got a surprise. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the fans like chase him. Dude, I already know you probably get catch hell. Like, oh, I know. It's crazy. It's fun. I, I'd, I'd much rather have people do that than not know who I was at right, all. Right. Right. That's what you work for. That's, that's right. what you work for. Appreciate that. All right, episode 62, we're, we're out. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.